in your Bibles, if you would please, this evening, 1 Corinthians 7. And we'll begin reading in verse number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 6. So all that being said, I was enjoying uh, seeing Haddon up here involved with the group. Let's all stand, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God this evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 6. Paul is in the midst of setting some things in order by the leading of God in the church of Corinth. And in verse number 6, he essentially begins to make a plea. He says, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment, for I, I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. Let's skip down, if we could please, and look at verse number 27. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? It's kind of a funny way to put it. Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have, what? trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is what? It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possessed not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passeth away, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Let's skip down verse number 35. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this evening and help. No, Lord, not help. This is your service. And Lord, I don't know if it's just me or if it's something else that I am seeing, but I, I, I pray that, Lord, if, if there has been a distraction that has moved into the building or the battle has begun for the minds of your people during this message that you would please cast out all the demons and devils of hell. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this place and we ask you please to anoint this message with your Holy Spirit power. Lord, I ask that you would help us to hear your word. Give me the words to say, please, I yield myself to you. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. Paul is setting 
a whole bunch of things in order in the church of Corinth. At the beginning of the chapter, he begins addressing something that they had asked a question of him about. He begins talking to them about how they wrote and asked him a question about something, we don't know exactly what, but he addresses it by saying, uh, now concerning the things where have you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. And he goes into the subject of marriage. But then in the midst of this portion of Scripture where he's dealing with that subject, he says in verse number 7, I would that all men were even as I myself. Now, what we believe he means by that is that to our knowledge, Paul was never married. He never had any kind of a marriage relationship. He was fully and completely dedicated to the cause that he had been called to. And so as we get further into the chapter, we find out that he begins to admonish people, encourage them to understand that, please, if you could sometimes act as if you weren't married, and there's a reason why he's making this request. You see, because Paul had such an urgent burden for the gospel to be preached and for the lost to be saved, that he said, I would that even I myself would be condemned for the sake of Israel so that Israel could be saved. He said, I would give my life and my eternity. Now that's hard to say that you'd give up your place in heaven and take an eternity in hell, but God allowed it to be written, and so it must have been true in Paul's heart. Paul wanted so badly for the nation of Israel, his people, to be saved, that he said he'd be okay if he were condemned to hell so that Israel could be saved. His burden was so great that as he's preaching to the church of Corinth, he says, I would that all men were even as I myself. In other words, I would that everybody could be single like I am because he says, look, let's be honest. If, if you get married, there's nothing wrong with it. You haven't sinned. And by the way, can I say, it is an institution created by God and ordained by God. There is absolutely nothing wrong with marriage. That is not what he's trying to say. What he is saying is that his burden was so great for his generation and that his desire for all of the world to be saved was so strong that he wished that people could just sell out so much that it was as if they had nothing else to do in life but to serve God without distraction. To wait upon the Lord. Look at verse number 35. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without what? He says, look, it's not bad that you get married, but if you get married, it becomes a distraction. You have to care for the things of your husband. You have to care for the things of your wife. You, you have to put energy into taking care of each other. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But he says, 
my desire is so much for people to be saved and my desire is so much for uh, the work of God to be done that I wish that some of you could just act every now and then as if you were not married. And I want you to notice this as well. He says in verse number, let's see here. Verse number 30. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoiced not. And they that buy as though they possessed not. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. But I would have you without carefulness. In other words, he's saying, look, those of you that are overcome with grief, he said, I wish for a little while that you could just put aside your grief and not weep anymore so that you could go on and do a work for God. He said, for those of you that rejoice and you're just having a good time in this life and everything's going right, he said, I wish that you could be for just a little while every now and then as if things weren't going well so that you could give your life and work for Christ. He says, those of you that have the money to buy things, I wish you could act every now and then as if you had absolutely nothing and the only thing that really mattered was that souls would come to Christ. He said, those of you that are able to find a little bit of joy in this world, they that use this world. He said, I wish that for just a little while that you would be as if you were not enjoying this world so that the cause of Christ could be advanced. What he is saying is that he has an urgent desire for people to be saved and that he wishes that nothing else was getting in the way of God's people joining him in that work. But boy, are there ever things that get in the way. And sometimes they're needful. Jobs are necessary. Relationships, marriages are good. Families are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. It's not that spending time together is wrong, but it is wrong if God's people have lost the reality of what is going on around us to the extent that we cannot every now and then give everything that we have to serving God. We put all kinds of energy into our jobs, but how much energy are we putting into serving God? We put all kinds of energy into our families. But how much energy are we putting into serving God? I wish that there would be a group of 20 to 30 and 40 year olds that would raise up and decide that this generation will not go to hell in a handbag on my watch. That I will not stand idly by while everybody else turns a blind eye to the wickedness in this world. That I refuse to be so distracted by the things of this world that people die and go to hell on my watch. In every generation, the work of God has been done by working people 
People that have jobs, yes. It hasn't been done by people that were lazy and not doing anything with their lives. It has been done by people that learned every now and then how to put the job aside and go win a soul to Christ. How to put the job aside and go serve at Camp Calvary. How to put all of the work aside and serve at the church on the weekend and give a little bit of time to the Lord. The things that have been done for God have not been done by people that didn't have jobs and responsibilities. They have been done by people that got such a burden for the things of God that they said I'll put everything aside for a while to do something greater than what I'm doing in this earth. Every generation has needed somebody to have a burden like Paul. And by the way, it's not just for the young, it's for the old too. Because he said that those of you that were once married, if you're not married, I would that you would be able to serve God without distraction and not get married again. Not because getting married is bad, but just because he's, he's pleading from his heart that somebody would take seriously with what time there is left the service of God. Look at verse number 29, if you would, please. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. Paul lived with a real view of how short the time of our lives was. And when he says the time is short, I believe he's saying a couple of things. One, I believe he's saying that the time of our lives is so short that when we look back on the things that we did for Christ, it will be as if we have never done enough. The time is short and it's too short for us to waste it doing pointless things. Yes, we need to work and make money and take care of our families. The, the Lord says if, we, if a man doesn't do that, he's worse than an infidel. He's not saying you shouldn't work. He's not saying you shouldn't work. He's saying, but I wish there were times you'd take it so seriously. It was as if, it was as if you had no other responsibilities. Because there will come a day when all the jobs we did and all the shelves we stocked and all the houses we built and all the things we sold and all the things that we worked on and improved on, it will all burn up in a fervent heat and it won't matter. But we will see souls standing before the throne of God being judged for their eternal soul and ending up in hell. And I think we'll look back on the short time that we have in this, this short amount of time that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away like a vapor. I think we'll look back and we won't regret the money that we didn't make but we will regret the souls we didn't witness to we will regret the things we didn't do for him we will regret the times we didn't serve in the Sunday school, the times that we didn't serve in the bus ministry, the times that we didn't sing that special, the times that we didn't go to church and be faithful and take our family there to learn from the Lord, the times that we didn't do what we were supposed to do for God, I believe that's what we'll wish we had had more time to do 
He said the time is short because he wanted people to have an urgency to understand that my soul, your life is like a vapor and it comes and goes so fast. Do what you can while you have time. I'm pleading with everybody in this room at whatever stage of life you are in to give God every ounce of time you can when you can and act like nothing else is more important than that while you're doing it. Be fully committed to it. Man, we get so distracted. And we let other things in this world take the time away from us from the things that really will matter. The time is short for us to serve God. But this I say, brethren, the time is short not only for us to serve God, but the time is short for souls to be saved. Because we know not the day nor the hour. could happen. It happened tonight. And that person that we missed at the gas station at the pump when we were getting fuel and something in our hearts said you ought to hand them a track and we were too distracted and too busy and we were on our phone and we were worried about getting our fuel and getting back home and there was something in our heart that said you ought to give them a track and we didn't. And the trumpet blows. And they never got a chance. The time is short not only for us to serve God, but the time is short for souls to be saved. We need an urgency to see people saved. And every now and then, it would be really good for God's people to say, doesn't matter what I've got going on in my life. I need to tell somebody about the Lord. I believe something is happening in America and maybe all across the world. I haven't been anywhere else other than the United States. So I can't speak to the rest of the world, but I can say what I've seen here. And something seems to be changing with people's hearts. Not everybody, but some people seem to be listening again. And I believe that maybe because of the hardships that America is facing, maybe because of the contrast of good and evil that is becoming more and more obvious all of the time. 
people seem to be waking up a little bit and they're looking for something that has a little more depth than what they've been living for. Some of them are thinking about their eternity a little more than they have. People are getting more ready today than I think they have been in a long time. What will we do about it? There's enough people in this church to turn our region upside down. You see, that's a biblical term. And it happened at the hands of 12. As it was said of them that they turned the whole world upside down for Christ. What God could do with one church that would get an urgency again. An urgency, the burden and a desire about how short the time is that we have left to serve Him and do what really matters. And an urgency about how short the time is for those that are lost. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You would please help during this invitation time. Lord, I know I'm not the best example of any of these things. I need this as much as anybody else does. Lord, I, I pray, please, that you would help us to regain a burden and an urgency about those things that really matter. 